And welcome back to the Farmers Podcast. Uh, this time we're talking to Ben Lacey, a bit of culturalist from McLaren Bale, and he's also got his mother sitting alongside, Virginia Lacey, who is actually Joyce Ross's daughter, which we've just recently done. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Ben, whereabouts is your business based and what is it? Uh, we're based in the McLaren Vale area, Wollonga area, um, primarily uh, viticulture vineyards. Um, that's, uh, yeah, so we, we run our own vineyards and manage others for a few other people around the district and then uh, also yeah, run some sheep as well. So who do you supply your grapes to? Uh, varied, mainly to Treasury and Chapel Hill and also to... Uh, Sepultsfield sort of group, Tinlands, we supply them some, and some of the smaller wineries like Coriol, Bonda, Shirah, there's yeah, a handful of smaller smaller producers we also supply. Uh, what sort of hectares of vineyards have you got? We have, well, fifth, well, we're developing one at the moment, so we've got 55 under vine ourselves of hectares of vines, and then manage about another 40. We've got another what is it? Uh, another fourteen to develop ourselves. So um, yeah, so it's roughly about that hundred hectares we own and managed co- combined. What's the annual rainfall at Wollonga? Uh, it varies a lot. I mean, we've got some land by the coast that's down to sort of probably four fifty five hundred mil up to oh, some of the country I run some sheep on where the hills are, and even some of our vineyards are pushing up towards six hundred six fifty. So it's almost two, you know, 200 mil of difference in probably only 10 kilometres. So everyone thinks the rainfall drops off the back of the range. It also happens at the front of the range where closer to the coast you are, you get a lot less than as you do moving you know, 10k inland. Um, is there an issue? Like recently, uh, last week, I think up in Clare Valley, there was a um, frost event and it smashed a lot of their vines. Is that an issue that you ever have it in the McLaren Bale or is it...? No, we're pretty fortunate on that level. I mean, the coast is so close. Uh, mind you, I have we do have some tiny pockets. I mean, I'm talking half a hectare here and there where we have had frost damage before. Uh, and and it, one of them's only three k's from the coast. It's just in the gully and it just happens. But generally... Um, our area, you'd say, is frost-proof. I mean, for ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of the district. So, yeah, that's one one problem. I'm glad I don't have to deal with, but I feel for the people that do. Um, yeah. So, farming has always been in agriculture. Always been in your family. Yes. Yeah. On both or on all four sides of my, my, my um, grandparents. You know, from obviously. Uh, you heard from Joyce earlier, and and uh, yeah, her and Des um, Ross up at Solar Springs on that side, and then Dad's side, the Laceys, they were originally from Owen as grain agents, but became almond farmers in the 1950s, yeah, in the 50s at Wollonga, and then moved from there to Neil Doddy, and was the first uh, irrigated almond orchard on the river because um, they could sort of see what was happening at Wollonga, and it was turning from well, the river, the, the, because almonds are so water intensive, they followed the water, so they went up to the Riverland and then later developed at Lindsay Point, this tiny little place, uh, not a town, just a settlement uh, 30 k's out of Renmark, just on the Victorian side, uh, only two, you know, a few k's into Victoria, that's w- and that's where I was born. And, uh, yeah, grew up there on, on an almond property. Um, yeah, it was a great, great little spot to grow up. How did... Had, I'll ask Virginia this question. How did you end up back at Wollonga with 
did you get into vineyards before or after um, Ben came home? Right, it was an interesting story. Uh, for I'm a bit like my mother, for someone who was never going to live on the land or be involved in the land, uh, and being an only child, I sort of um, got into it because uh, I was supposed to be uh, a boy, and in those days, girls didn't do agriculture, and isn't it just wonderful how things have changed? Um, probably might not have been a teacher if um, I had my time home for again. Uh, anyway, I... Um, Grew up on the farm uh, and then I married Adrian and he took me straight to Neil Dotty and we had um, some years there um, and then I'm, we moved up to Lindsay Point, a mo most isolated place. We had a house in the middle of a paddock and lots of dust storms and we ended up with a thousand acres of almonds and grapes there. And then um, we moved back to Wollonga where Adrian's father, Eric, had set up the almond industry. He was actually a Churchill fellow to set up the almond industry. So we sort of went back to Adrian's um, father's roots and um, that's how it's all... And we've now got all these vineyards at McLaren Vale and Wollonga. So I've done the full cycle. And I'm up at the farm today... Um, with our leases, um, the McCabes and Warns, who are doing a great job for our property, and it's lovely to come up here and see what they're doing to our farm. Okay, thanks, Virginia. Um, ben. Yep. Uh, hobbies, sports? Yeah, I played a bit of golf when I was younger. I haven't swung a golf stick for a while with uh, three young girls that uh, time doesn't permit, but I do love fishing. That's probably one of my um, outlets, and... Uh, if I can uh, get a day out in the tinny, I'm pretty happy. Um, and yeah, so yeah. And my eldest daughter, who's just about to turn nine, she's got my same love of fishing. So we we both been known to spend eight or nine hours a day in a boat. So. So you've got three children. Three girls. Yep. Yep. A partner yep. Heidi. Yep. And where did you meet Heidi? Of all places, <laughs> the wool shed. I don't know if you in know that. Street, in Hindley yes, Street. Not that yes. old. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I always stir up because she it was about the second time she'd ever been there and I don't think we've been, well we might have been back once or twice since but uh, yeah I was just out in the night with my mates and uh, you know South Australia's about one degree of separation chatting to a mate that I'd actually done some work for and yeah she was in that group and it was one of her friends who really wanted to go there after a meal um, and I think yeah they had to drag Heidi there and a few others and fortunately they did because that's where I met her and yeah we met on the revolving dance floor and yeah. <laughs> um, where about, how did you propose? Oh we're still not, even though we've got three kids yeah we, we jumped the gun there so that'll happen one day yeah. <laughs> yeah it's excellent. Alright where did you say so you, uh, where did you study? Oh, so when we were up Lindsay Point I went to boarding school at uh, PAC in town then after that five years I went to um, uh, to Uni of Adelaide Wake campus and did a Bachelor of Ag Science ma majoring in viticulture and uh, I reckon one of your local uh, agronomists I was with same year Mick Brown so oh yeah Mick, I actually Mick Brown to, from Elders one yeah. of our sponsors shout oh, out to Mick yeah I actually went to school he was one year older than me and uni so yeah I spent probably what was that about nine years with well Mick came in year 10 but yeah probably eight years with Mick yeah yeah. So 
after you've done your um, viticulture course, you decided that you needed to get some vineyards at home, or did you already have some? No, we yeah, we developed. So at the same time we had, because, yeah, like when we were up at Lindsay Point, we were partners with uh, CMV, so, that, so we had a farm with them. That was, and then we sold out of that, but probably some five, six years earlier, we'd started developing all, like vineyards, well, one vineyard originally in McLaren Vale. Um, Dad did through, um, yeah, one of his mates sort of helped set, him, set that up for us, ran it for us while we were still up there. And then we developed another one in 2000. So by the time I came home, there was two vineyards. Then we bought another one in 07, and then now we've developed developing one just now as well. So, so this probably um, you probably aren't a part of this already, but so you've diverse. How, how else have you diversified your farm? You've gone from almonds to, vin- to, to vineyards. vineyards, yeah. And then I suppose me personally. So then I've then come home, run our vineyards, and then set up a management arm of our. Um, to run other people's vineyards as well so we never did that before obviously so um, do some contract services so yeah just sort of um, makes the whole thing work particularly from machinery point of view and staffing and and uh, yeah just use my expertise over running a bit you know a bit bigger area and then also probably oh probably the last 10 years we've run sheep and we've got probably more heavily into that it works well complements our um Vineyard operations through winter, we, run, we graze them in winter and since that time I've bought a bit of hill country behind Wollonga where I run and also just some blocks up there. So um, so basically I'm you know, running a flock of, I mean it's not huge amounts but 300 ewes and a couple hundred weathers so just that then yeah just it's another enterprise. So that yeah. fat lamb or is that merino? Yeah merino ewes over, over uh, frosty lambs so yep. yep. And then, yeah, the weathers are good. We're just probably we're going to start running probably a few more weathers. Just in the vineyard, they work better. You've got less lambing issues, and obviously you can run them a bit harder at certain times of the year. So, so you run them through the vineyards? Yeah, the, yeah. So from from May to to well, yeah, middle of April to August, they'll be in the vineyard, and then they go. So now they've gone back up the hill country, um, and then we'll run them all spring, summer, early autumn, and then back into the vineyard. So what do you call, what's the hill country? What are we oh, so that's like, we own some of that land behind, so when you go to Wollonga and you climb up the big hill, yes, yeah, so all that sort of range land we call like the hills at Wollonga, so yep. obviously you can't crop it, you can't vineyard, it's very fun to muster when you're climbing up and down hills, so yeah, I've got, we've got some of that ourselves, but I also just quite a few blocks up there, and, and that sort of complements, yeah, our enterprise, um, yeah. What's been the most exciting thing you've seen develop in agriculture since you came home from uni? Um, yeah, probably technology. I mean, it hasn't progressed. You know, we, we're not as probably advanced as your croppers uh, with GPS. Well, I mean, some people suddenly get auto steer in their vineyard tractors, but a lot of the vineyards weren't set up very straight at the start. So getting your AB line in a <laughs> might be fun. You might take up vineyards. But it, all of our new blocks have all been set up with you know, two centimetre accuracy. So I'm hoping to get auto steer for those blocks, but particularly like I can now start irrigation monitor all on the phone, um, all the soil moisture monitoring that we do, that can all, I can all find that on my phone, uh, spectral imaging maps so we can map out areas, so yeah, you'd have to say the technology, like all farming, I mean it's, it's just getting better isn't it? Yep, so your vineyards are irrigated, is that main or is that um, bore water? It's uh, mostly reclaimed, so 
out of the you know people at Christie's Beach, similar to the Bolivar scheme that they have uh, in you know, the Virginia area, we have the same from the southern suburbs of Adelaide. Or we get their um, treated wastewater, so it's quite good because it's sort of a you know it's good that it's climate independent. I suppose we don't it doesn't need to rain. People are always going to flush their toilet, um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. There's a couple of blocks I manage that have bores, but like most areas, the groundwater got pretty you know. Um, Heavily used. It's one of the main reasons why almonds don't no longer exist there because water's always been a challenge. But with the the reclaimed water came on the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, and that sort of set the region up quite well from a water security point of view. What's the funniest thing you've seen happen to you, to a, yourself or a farmer or someone on the on your property or someone else's? Oh yeah, when I was. Actually, the guy I was talking about, I met Heidi through, he, I, when I was working on the farm, he was managing, it was a big uh, vineyard, actually not far from where, where I grew up, up just out, out of Renmark, and uh, anyway, we're driving around one day, it was a big, well, it was a couple of thousand acres of citrus and a couple of thousand acres of vines, so it was a quite a big property and they had probably 20 odd workers, and I was driving around him and we had one of those little Suzuki's to fit up the vine rows, and anyway, must have called someone on the radio, you know, on the UHF, and and, and rather than putting it back in its holder, for some reason he'd forgotten and put it. He had the UHF sitting next to his uh, next to his leg. So I was about second day on the job, and he was just sort of going through the guys, you know, as you do. Oh yeah, this guy's a good lad. And, you know, you got to worry that this guy's a real snake in the grass. That one's this and that. Well, this how to get the nickname? Oh, he did this, did that. And unbeknownst to us, the UHF radio we, oh. had. Uh, <laughs> had been triggered by his by his leg and we didn't have any real good mobile phone i don't yeah we, yeah we didn't have a good mobile phone reception out there so the assistant manager sitting back in his office hearing it all yeah and trying to well he, he couldn't call him so and he couldn't radio him so he didn't know where we were and it's a big orchard i mean you're talking a few thousand acres and when you've got trees and vines in the way it's pretty hard to see anyone so he's driving around aimlessly trying to find us to tell us to uh, keep quiet and uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't so bad for me, but the, yeah, I did feel sorry for the manager because, uh, yeah, he'd, he'd basically given his debrief about everyone without them knowing. Oh, no. And they were probably listening. Yeah, they're all sitting in their tractors and, and uh, yeah, I don't think you ever live that one down. <laughs> what is the piece of equipment you've done the most damage to or seen someone else do damage to? I don't know what sort of... Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've seen spray carts rolled in vineyards and stuff like that, but... Our neighbours one day, they, oh, I mean, it could have ended up bloody tragically, but they had a young lad working for them and um, the air vineyard bound of theirs, and, you know, we're sort of in that, that undulating country, probably similar to Salt Spring sort of country, you know, very undulating. And um, and uh, he he uh, must have got out the tractor because, as you, I don't know if you know, vineyards, they run the harvester and a chase the tractor and then you have another chase the tractor because you can't, most of the harvesters, you can't store anything on the harvester. So you've got to always have sort of two chases, one waiting to come in the wings. So he was waiting on the headland there to come in, got out to, you know, a stretch and put the part brake on, but he didn't put it on well enough. And uh, next minute the tractor started taking off. So he's, I think it was about his second day of the job. So he did the stupidest thing and jumped on it, which... Yeah, as it, and couldn't get in the cab. He got in the cab just, and it was one of those Fiat's where the cab actually doesn't open. Most cabs obviously open outwards. This one opened inwards, and luckily he went between two gum trees because if he if he if he got hit by one, it would have squashed him against the tractor. But he didn't, fortunately. But he ended up taking about three rows of our vines out. So 
the neighbour had to ring me in the morning and say, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you're missing a few vines, but oh, no. told me the story. But yeah, he was no good. They came and fixed it. But yeah, I mean, it, it could have been a very tragic situation, but it, 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 it didn't. So it was good. What's the most unreliable piece of equipment you ever purchased or used in the vineyards? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this one. I'd have to say anything to do with irrigation. I mean, a lot of it's been good, but I call irrigation irritation um, because if anything's going to break, it's going to be your irrigation, whether it be a pump, filter or something, right at the right mo wrong moment, you know, in the middle of summer and, you know, two days before Christmas or on Christmas Day. So, yeah, irrigation is so critically important that, I mean, things, you know, there's obviously lots of good things, but, yeah, that, that's one of the things that frustrates you the most when something like that goes wrong. Mm. What's been the highlight of your career so far? Um, I suppose highlight, I've, yeah, I mean, I've had a pretty good time. I mean, I've learned a lot. Um, I think it was a couple of years, was it 2018, I think? Um, so one of the vineyards I managed, they, they produced wine themselves and they entered... Um, a wine in, in, in a wine show because that vineyard, it was a single vineyard wine the wine that won that award won the best vineyard and then therefore the person that grew those grapes became viticulturist of the year for our region so that's probably probably a highlight, yeah uh, Favourite holiday location or here or overseas um, back yeah. when we could go overseas Yeah, back when you could, I did a few trips in my earlier days but yeah, I mean um, I'd say last few years we've gone um tried to get away at the end of harvest which you know uh, was that sort of april may no school holidays we'd normally take the boat and we went to coffin bay and last year point turton so anywhere like that on the coast it's a good fishing spot and uh, yeah i'll be so there as long as there's fish you'll be there i'll be there yep yep what's your favorite type of fish uh oh you can't beat king george whiting but i mean squid's great too um you know uh, garfish you know they go on, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you can't beat a good King George. All right, well, I think that's just about wrapped it up, unless there's anything else you can think of. No, that uh, sounds all pretty good to me. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Um, thanks, Virginia. Thank you. And uh, thanks again to Ben. And thanks to our sponsors, Peatley Barbecues, Elders, Alano Waters. See you later.